0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Cale Guthrie-Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Retail. Today's episode with General Mills' Carter Jensen was recorded live at the Modern Retail DTC Summit in New Orleans. We had lots of other sessions with the DTC leaders from brands like Flyby Jing and Brook Linen, as well as networking opportunities and, of course, food and drinks galore. If you want to learn more about our events, you can go to www.modernretail.co slash events. That's www.modernretail.co slash events. Well,
1: thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, thank you Sounds for coming. fun, yeah. It's yeah, I'm having
0: a great time. So, uh, so you're here, we're talking about DTC. Um, I want There's a lot of things I wanna dive into specifically because I think DTC strategies at big companies like General Mills are yeah. just fascinating and you have a lot of different, I don't know, ambitions and ideas than totally. maybe smaller co- companies. But first, just tell us about yourself, sort of what's your what's your backstory?
1: Yeah, totally. So I have a really interesting backstory. You know, a lot of people at General Mills, rightfully so, have been there for 20, 30 years yeah. and that what's make the company great, obviously. Um, I come from a weird hodgepodge of startups and consulting and agency land for the last 10 plus years. And then uh, found myself lucky enough to join General Mills just too, taking on D2C, and our team takes on a myriad of other things as well around the organization.
0: Was there a DTC team before
1: you joined? There wasn't. You know, so what's interesting is when I joined, D2C wasn't necessarily our focus, yeah. right? Um, and what I quickly realized is that there was little pockets of energy that were happening kind of all around the organization within different focuses and different groups and it was all really good, but there was no capability built around it, there was no direction put around it and I thought it was really important for us to figure out, A, how do you harness energy? And then B, how do you help lead that from behind? We really believed D2C was an important part of our strategy for a variety of reasons. And so we built a team around that. And then today, now, our small cutthroat group of four of us manage direct-to-consumer across the entire global organization. Wow.
0: Four people for the entire
1: organization? Yes. Yep. Yep. So uh, I will not take credit for every single launch you see. Uh, we like to call ourselves the coach versus the quarterback often in a lot of the different things that we do. So the brand teams who know the brands, the best and who live and breathe those brands, we put them right in the front. They're the quarterback of the work. We come in as D2C experts, right? So we come in with our tech stack. We come in with our background. We come in with our consulting teams, our agencies as needed to support them through that adventure. Because for often for a lot of these teams, these marketers, the people who are leading to see. It's their first time kind of moving into that channel. Yeah. It's their first time using those types of tactics. And so um, we like to, to lead from the sidelines and make sure that they're successful um, in kind of the new venture they're taking on. I
0: want to get into some, some of those examples. But first, for sure. so you when did you, for, when did you first join the team?
1: So the team started two years ago. Two years ago. Yep, so yep.
0: how did you build that? Like, what, what, did you say, I need these roles, we need to do this? How did you build out your tech stack? Walk me through all of that. Yeah,
1: that, that's a loaded question, which is great. So <laughs> What's super interesting is is that, you know, as everyone knows, General Mills is the best of the best in a lot of different categories that are required for D2C, right? If you think supply chain, you think logistics, you think our manufacturing capabilities, you know, we've been doing that for over 100 years and continue to do that incredibly well. D2C is just really different, right? So the fulfillment practices to fulfill a single box of Cheerios from a manufacturing plant to a 3PL to the end consumer is very different than our fulfillment practices as we serve our biggest customers such as Walmart, Target, etc. So when we built the team, we knew that we were going to have to have a full stack of services, right? Because fulfillment is very different than the supply chain team, right? Um, we have to create our own setup of three PLs, we have to set up create our own setup of finance. Our finance systems aren't built for that one on one type sale. And so when we built the team, we brought on a group of really awesome generalists, I would call. Um, so people who are just curious about the space and we're ready to take on anything and everything we threw at them. So, like, you know, Sarah, who's joining me here today, takes on all of North America projects, and she's now become an expert in everything. From finance to 3PLs to front end to everything like that, which is a challenge, but when we get there, we're really lucky because we have individuals who can walk into those projects and help a team all the way through that. Now, again, we won't take all the credit. You know, we lean on a couple of different things. We lean on our agency teams, so we have a really good group of agency partners who help us with that. And we lean on internal teams still as well. You know, there's no one better in the world at supply chain than our supply chain organization. So we, we lean on them as well. So what was your mandate when you walked in the door was
0: it and what did general mills say this is what you got to do was it was it specifically propelled because of the huge, insane rise of in e com all that, or was this pre-pandemic and the, right when it started?
1: Yeah, I joined June of 2020. Yeah, so you can so, imagine yeah. it was a pretty interesting time to join an organization from your basement, right, and trying to figure <laughs> out exactly what that looked yeah. like. Um, but, you know, the directive, and, and we helped craft this, but it was consolidate the energy that we know is already here, okay. right? Um, we knew teams were doing this. You know, teams were opening Shopify accounts, not really knowing what they were getting into, right? Yeah. But we knew the ideas were good. We knew that it was a part of, regardless of what team was starting it, there's different reasons we launched DTC based on where in the organization, we bring it to life. Um, but we knew it was good, we knew it was just, we knew it was the right next step, we knew we needed to add that capability. So out of the gates, our job was to consolidate the efforts, and then find a way to build a capability behind it. So that's everything, as I mentioned, tech stack, Bring in the right agency partners, et cetera, to be able to really consolidate those efforts. So, and just to clarify, the tech stack, was that all brand new or was that consolidating what was already there? Did you build in-house? Did you bring out? It's a great question. The tech stack is all brand new. Okay, um, And we're really proud of that. Yeah. Um, As you can imagine, um, we have enterprise tools that General Mills uses across the board and you can all imagine what those those compile of. But we knew the D2C world needed something different. We often are seeing our teams and, and we're, again, we're very proud of this too, we can launch a D2C setup in under 60 days right now at General Mills, which is, is something that it's never really been done before, and to do that you need a very agile tech stack. And So you know, people in this room, we look to, to you guys as inspiration of people who've been able to build companies with modern tech stacks. So things think Shopify, I think Klaviyo, I think those types of things. And we said, well, we've never really been able to bring those in from an enterprise mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we did is, yes, we've had to work to modify them to a degree. Our, a lot of the work behind the scenes has been figuring out how do we integrate you know, some of those more agile tech stack solutions into our bigger enterprise systems so that as teams grow, they can scale and eventually graduate, maybe some of the bigger tools. Um, but we're really proud to say that we, you know, we have a very modern tech stack that we now offer teams to make sure that speed to market is really fast. And that cost isn't really a barrier anymore either. So we can still offer these tools to some of our smallest brands who might have maybe a fraction of the budget they need um, to launch more of a traditional commerce play. So this is a question I always ask people in your position.
0: Um, From the top level, you know, CEO of General Mills, what is the, like, the C-suite view of DTC? Because yeah. I can imagine it can be a, a cute pet project that is siloed. Totally. And so how do you, like when you're talking with, with you know, other people, What how are they describing it and how do you sort of integrate with that?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. As you can imagine, the vision of DTC from the top has, has shifted and changed as, you know, we kind of go through the pandemic. You know, we've brought on kind of a new era of e-commerce as, you know, grocery has continued to shift and morph and change about how people are acquiring our products. And we look at DTC now as, you know, not necessarily, of course, not the end-all be-all, but a really important part of what we call the connected commerce journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think one of the best ways that I look to describe it is, is that we use D2C in order to create the shortest, most friction-free path for people to acquire our products. Mm-hmm. And so we know they're looking for, you know, depending again, you know, we have such a range of products that we offer to the market. But if you're looking online, we have a digital-first consumer who's looking for a solution or looking for that new product online, we want to make sure it is the shortest path for them to go from that research or from that discovery through to purchase. Now, if you're doing that from target curbside pickup, awesome. We love that, yeah. right? That's amazing. Um, but if I can say, how about we just use, you know, subscriptions and send it to you every six weeks? Would you rather do that? Well, sure. Like, that's a great offering. And, you know, it's no, no worries to me if that's not the main re- way that people choose to acquire the product. But if we can get a new household in because we've added that point of commerce or that point of convenience, mm-hmm. um, that's a big win for us. And so is D2C the main way that we are going to, you know, Grow our brands in crazy ways? Probably not necessarily, (laughs) right? Um, But it's such an important tool when we look at building that entire connected commerce ecosystem because we want to show up where the consumers are and our consumers are online. And if we can transact and we can facilitate that purchase online in a better way or in a quicker way, uh, we want to do everything we can. Um, A good example of that is some of the PDP pages that we're launching. uh, We're not shy to talk about where else they can purchase, which is really interesting. So it's like, you can buy from us for you know, $14.99. You can buy from Amazon with free shipping for $13.99. Yeah. Or actually, uh, it's down your street at Target for eleven ninety nine. and click here, and we'll add it to your cart, so when you cruise and cruise do a curbside pickup, it's there as well. We're not precious about that, we're lucky to be able to say that I get that, um, because distribution is something that we're so good at. But, um, We want to create that most friction-free path to purchase. And if D2C is a part of that, then uh, that's what we're going after.
0: Is that across every PDP that that General Mills has? Or is that, how do you, like I wanted to ask, how do you strategically choose which brands you're going to work with or totally. which campaigns you're going to
1: work yeah, with. Yeah, and, and it changes, obviously, yeah, across yeah, the yeah. entire board. Um, so definitely not all of our brands, right? You know, we've picked very, we're we very focused on the brands that we work with. And some of it is based on the category they play in or the price point or the consumer they're going after. Others are based on you know the team that's leading them or kind of the, the metrics that they're going after. So we're definitely not on everything. We represent each year about 30 brands um, in North America on D2c and we just added international so we're seeing a couple of big launches coming up this wow. summer um, but what I have to remind you know these aren't huge big you know efforts right we're, we're layering on into an already existing digital strategy this new capability um, in order to do direct to consumers as I mentioned in that entire connected commerce ecosystem so um, yeah it, back to your question. It depends on the brand. It depends on the team. It depends on our opportunity with that consumer.
0: And do you do you have certain KPIs or certain intentions for when you're when you say we want to? Do it? Is it if it's a smaller brand, this will be a great you know brand awareness play? Yeah. So can, give give an example.
1: Totally. So. You know, to, to step back to kind of the foundation, we see D2C right now in kind of three key categories. Okay. So um, for some of our smaller upstart brands, so I can name a couple. So like Dooleys and Good Measure are probably two brands that many people here haven't heard of, but they came from our incubator program. And so we're using D2C to experiment, to learn about market fit, to figure out how do we get them into market quickly, um, where they aren't in maybe retail channels, and we can get them out there and get great consumer feedback. Um, Right now, if you go to shop.wheaties.com, this is the promotional category where you can get the custom foil Michael Michael Jordan Wheaties box, right? Um, And from from that play, it's a great marketing play. Uh, We get to know our consumer better. We create a relationship with them, and that's great. And then you look at the final category, which is more about sales. So you look at like epicprovisions.com, which is our beef jerky and and that kind of category where... um, we are going after profit um, yeah. there. And, and so there's obviously metrics that are different for each one of those. And um, we're just starting to look a little bit more because of that digitally native consumer to say, how can D2C be more of a household penetration driver? Like maybe how are we getting into more households because we're showing up in an interesting way in digital? And, um, and so we're, we're always bringing kind of new angles for D2C because it's such an agile way to market that we've found.
0: What are some of the ways you're trying to specifically do that?
1: in terms of- go- Like,
0: like, like get, get, get into more penetration with the market by doing a, a digital or DTC. Strategy.
1: Well, it goes back to this idea of showing up where the consumer is and figuring out. So you'll see we have a big launch coming up this summer, which I can't talk too much about, but um, <laughs> the idea is, is that you know, we see consumers constantly online looking for a solution to a problem that they're having. Mm-hmm. right? And all of our competitors who are D2C startups um, are there in a yeah. really meaningful way. I mean, this group, this room, this is what you live and breathe, like figuring out how are you intersecting consumers online when they're looking for a solution to their problem. Um, and we weren't showing up there, right? Because we were potentially leaning on more traditional marketing methods. Yeah, And so as we went to D2C, to we brought on some of the more I call it cutthroat, but more just the modern ways that we're going to market. So we're able to intersect them at their time of need and provide, again, the shortest path, most friction-free path to purchase, the full funnel if needed in order to make sure that we are acquiring that consumer at that moment. Now, if you buy once from one of my D2C sites and then you decide that you want to add it to your target cart every Sunday, that's a huge win for us, right? That's a new household that we were able to get because we offered a convenient solution for them. And you know, if we're not you know if we're not extremely profitable on that first sale, that's okay, yeah, because we use it as a way to drive household penetration where our con- our competitor might have gotten there first with a more modern d2 c offering.
0: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You see with that first bucket you talked about DDC, which was essentially first party data acquisition for the smaller brands. Sure. do you do that? Do you try to get first party data for the bigger brands? like are you looking are you looking to use this for OBDs? and is if you get you know only? a few tens of thousands, is that meaningful to you in any way?
1: Yeah, so, you know, first party data obviously, with everyone in the room, and uh, everyone is a huge focus for us, right? Um, I think in the scale of some of these brands, any time we can learn more about our consumer to better serve them is a win, right? Um, For some of them, that is a hard conversation to have, though, where you can imagine the numbers that we see on some of our brands are just astronomical. And a D2C campaign, let's say maybe yeah. you, know, you got 10,000, we still look at that as a, as a big win. We now know more about 10,000 consumers that we did yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think the biggest challenge, and, or I would say the biggest opportunity we have now is like, what are we going to do with that data? And I think you look at that in kind of two ways, right? You, you look at it as how do we you know, use Attentive who's here? How do we use you know, Clavio yeah. for email or whatever? Like, how are we looking at more kind of grassroots one on one communications that we might not have used in the past to do that? But then also, how are we adding those 10,000 people to some more of our enterprise tools that we can do better targeting? That we can do better. Yeah. You know, we don't want to forget about kind of the big elephant in the room that we're still a pretty big media spender, yeah. right? You know? So um, 10,000 might not move the dial today, but if we can get our or enable our entire portfolio of brands to at least have that tool at their fingertips. Yes, it might be 10,000 for this you know, big drop we did last week or it might be 15,000 for a sales push we're doing, but that adds up, right? And mm-hmm. I think that um, it's a tool that we haven't had at our disposal in the past that we're excited to bring.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about drops because yeah, I feel sure. like
1: that's the like trend du
0: jour for specifically big yeah. big brands, big CPG, where if they're doing a DTC campaign, they're doing some limited edition, get it here now, totally. we're only going to give you a 1,000. So yeah. have you done that?
1: Yes, and, and selfishly, we love it. Um, it's a ton of fun um, because you know we get to work with some of the biggest and best brands in the world. So uh, recently, you guys might have seen, uh, we did this Reese's drop um, in collaboration with Cause, right? So the Reese's Cause drop, and of course, the buzz around it, and, and our team will take no credit. Like, you know, we have the brand team who's leading this with culture and our partnerships group who are really thinking of that artist partnership. But, you know, we have X amount, 1,000 of the limited, edition cereal boxes, and they've been leaked on Reddit, they've been all, you know, all the things that you dream of, right? And we have our tech stack that we've put into place that's going to get pummeled for two minutes, right, or whatever it might be, and all of them are going. And um, it's a ton of fun for us because we get to show really the capabilities of some of these more agile systems, right? So we're a Shopify, you know, partner, and um, we use Shopify for everything. And I think a lot of times from an enterprise, level, they're like, oh, it's just Shopify. But Shopify holds up um, you know, we've been able to not only sell, but also fulfill and support these huge drops um, without flinching. Really? And I think it's a really great testament. Yes, again, the numbers don't compare to maybe some of our bigger sales numbers, but the idea that we were able to successfully reach X amount of thousands of consumers in a few seconds without any incident, and manage fulfillment and consumer care from a customer service perspective, first-party data, we were able to do the entire stack, and we got it done in the morning and the recap was in inboxes by noon. Wow. Like That's a pretty uh, interesting testament to what we've been able to build at the organization. So I want to
0: pause and just ask like, one cl- Why, so you use Shopify, yep. why didn't you just build an e-com platform in-house?
1: Totally. So um, speed okay. and cost. right? Like Shopify is a, a really great resource for us, a great partner as I think most people in the room will, will attest to. Um, it's not without flaw, I'm not going to say that it's perfect in any way. Um, but it's robust. It works. Um, we're able to deploy it really quickly. We can scale it up. We can scale it down. Our agency partners are are you know use Shopify day in and day out. So we have a support structure in there. And truly, it's what Shopify has allowed us to be able to launch programs in sixty days without a ton of investment or any barriers to to brands to do it. And so, um, will we change platforms or use other platforms in the future? Sure, Um, but it's going to take a lot of convincing on my part to to move because we've been able to show the scale of these lightweight tools, and they haven't flinched. And they're built to do that. And so, just because you're working with a huge brand doesn't mean you can't work with some of these more lightweight Mm -hmm. technology tools. So
0: let's go back to the drops. What 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 makes you know how what makes you say we're going to do this one? If inevitably they're probably going to sell out, I imagine. So like, what what are the KPIs you're looking at? Is it just like you know, what you're you're seeing in terms of macro brand stuff? How do you talk about that? Yeah, so
1: KPIs for, like, a drop, you know, get into this idea of brand love, reaching your brand fanatics, and the thing that I always like to say is, like, when else are you going to be able to talk directly to the most, and these aren't the real numbers, but that your 10,000 most avid brand fanatics in the world, Mm -hmm. right? You have them, and you have a product they want, you have an experience that you own, and that's a really incredible way to say, "Hey, the 10,000 people who are really dead set on waking up at 8 a.m. to see the Instagram post, to go and get the password for the drop, to buy some cereal—like they're really important to us. These are the consumers that have grown up with our brands and continue to lean on them." And so. This idea that we can serve them in a really unique and interesting way is, is super exciting. So we always talk about brand love. Um, you know, yes, maybe more difficult to measure from a Shopify report, uh, brand love. But um, the idea that we've been able to pay off, again, I can't take credit for the cause partnership, but we have an incredible partnerships team and that brand team really brought that to life. But instead of just doing a press release or just doing you know, uh, some ads or maybe an you know, Instagram you know, partnership post. We can actually serve the ten thousand avid consumers and have their piece delivered to their front door in a branded box in two days for not a ton of money, and and can serve that. Now we can say that our those boxes are sitting on shelves across the country in some of our you know most avid brand fanatics' homes. Do you view it as a slightly? Sort of
0: a rebranding of of because I, I feel like a lot of the general Mills brands are very analog. They're what you get mm. at the grocery store. Sure. but yeah. now you're doing something digitally. are you thinking are you thinking of retooling the messaging? How do you approach all of that?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that we're looking at retooling the messaging. I mean, you know, if you look at some of our most iconic brands, you know they've been staples of American pastime for a yeah. hundred years, right? so i would I would say that we are modernizing the way we go to market. Uh, by showing up in a way that's convenient and where our consumers are living, right? Um, if you want to go to Walmart and buy some Cheerios, like, love that. Like, go do that. That's great, right? Um, our retailers are, you know, the partnerships that we value the most. Um, and they obviously are evolving with the times and, and continuing to deliver better for our consumers. But uh, from a manufacturing standpoint, we're not necessarily reconfiguring most iconic brands, sure, may we have different types of brands come out of our incubators, or would we have different founders teams internally that might be thinking of different ways to go to market a digital first way, 100%. Um, but from a messaging standpoint, um, I think you know, we are following just kind of the digital first trend that we see across the globe and um, figuring out the best way to serve our consumers through that channel.
0: All right, I wanted to ask, do you ever, is, is DTC ever a scale play, or is it always just these one-off things? And
1: so... <laughs> it's a great question. Um, I wouldn't call it a one-off thing and I wouldn't call it a scale play, I would call, you know, if if there was a one answer to this, it's the fact that it's a new tool in our arsenal to reach consumers. Um, Could it be a scale play in the future? I I truly believe it could be. Is it going to surpass any of our, you know, retail relationships? No. Um, But is it going to support them? Yes, right? You know, we're supporting from a D to C perspective, supporting these brands to show up better in our customers' stores, right, or show up better on our customers' websites, finding ways to, again, interact with that consumer in a different way so that the next time you are on target.com or walmart.com, you're going to have a propensity to purchase our product for someone else because we've already met you in a really interesting way. Whether you've purchased from us or created a subscription with Recharge or whatever, TBD, mm-hmm. however, um, we think D to C might not be necessarily the, you know, silver bullet for scale. Um, but we believe it's a really important part to what kind of the future brings for, for our brands.
0: And are you being brought in early on for conversations either with new product launches or when they incubate a new brand? And how, how are you being brought on? Is it just ideation? Is it you're going to be part of that, that launch? Point? Yeah,
1: totally. It's a great question. Um, so for a lot of our new brands, we'll be brought on early on just to say, what do we even need to be thinking about, right? Um, yeah. If you think about assortment and things like that, especially with grocery, and I know there's experts in the room, you know, margins aren't huge. You got to yeah. think of weight and size and all that kind of stuff. And so um, assortment is a big thing that we've thought about. And if you want to be a e-com D2C first brand, especially of the new brands, you have to think about what our pack size is, how much is it going to weigh? Um, as many people know, shipping a cereal box is not cheap. Um, it's light, but it's big and it's cheap, right? So like the margin on that's really hard. Yeah. Um, and so we're constantly trying to think of new ways um, to formulate brand offerings, you know? Um, if you look at like our Dooley's product, which is um, a really interesting case study, um, it's a great e-commerce first brand, right? Um, it's a maybe a little bit of a higher price point, but it's a small form factor and- Wait, what is it? Give, give us- Dooley's. I, I will leave it to the founders. Uh, they do a really great job on, on explaining that, but um, it's, a, uh, it's for kids, it's to help with digestive health. Okay. It's a, you know, one of those types of things, but it's one of our you know, upstart brands so that was created within the walls of General Mills. And I think what's great is when they do that, they can lean on these expertise of these founders from everything from insights to manufacturing to packaging. You can imagine these are things we've done day in and day out. And then they're built to go on to D2C or they're built to go on to e commerce. And obviously, with aspirations to scale much bigger than that. Um, But when you're learning about what consumers want and where they're purchasing, D2C is a really big part of that. So we're brought in to kind of help consult on. On what that might look like and start looking at all right, it's D2C plus Amazon plus this, what's the next step? Mm -hmm. What are you doing from a marketing perspective now that you know your consumer? How are we using that data in order to to really kind of accelerate? And some of those tactics are new for our organization and and we're excited to bring that to the table in the lens of D2C.
0: is the the certain the scale or of the amount of DTC project General Mills is working on exp- increasing? You said thirty a year. Is that is that? What yeah, it I would is? say you
1: know we're probably right now we're, we're estimating a little north of thirty for this upcoming year, which is scaled exponentially in the two years that we've been there. Um, I think. Having a formalized capability and a team that's backing and can help navigate, but also doesn't get in the way, right? Uh, we're not precious about it. And I hope uh, that comes uh, comes out. We lean on our brand teams. They are the brand experts. They are the ones who know their products, their partnerships, their consumers the best. We come in with the D2C capability of knowing the tech stack, knowing what works, uh, knowing how to ship products, knowing how to do that. We come in, we're not precious. Again, we're the coach versus the quarterback, and we let them kind of take. Control, um, and I think that has really helped us grow the capability of General Mills over the last two years. Amazing. Well, Carter, thank you so much. Thank That's you so, much, so much, much for having me, Yes, yeah, is great.
0: <laughs> Modern retail is getting back into doing events all over the place. This includes Digiday's upcoming Commerce Week this May, which is both virtual and in New York, and even an upcoming dinner in London. Check out modernretail.co slash events for more info or to see what else is coming up later this year.